Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out CF Capital. CF Capital is the premier boutique real estate investment firm in the Midwest and Southeast region of the United States. We are a national real estate investment firm with a purpose. We provide property investment and asset management solutions to help passive investors maximize returns on high value multifamily communities. But our investments go far beyond acquisitions. We invest in people. We are in the business of elevating communities and raising the bar for everyone within our ecosystem. CF Capital is a real estate investment firm focused on the acquisition and operation of multifamily assets. We confidently deliver tax advantage, stable cash flow, and capital appreciation with a margin of safety. By investing alongside our team, investors can preserve and grow their wealth without having to deal with tenants, termites, or toilets. Investors come and stay for the outsized returns we create in our deals while appreciating the ancillary opportunity to make a bigger impact that only CF Capital can provide. If you're an investor and want to invest with us, here's how. Learn more about CF Capital at cfcapllc.com or by simply clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. We will see you on the inside of this powerful community. So let's elevate communities together. What I thought even two or three years ago, that journey ended up being a little bit different, right? So when I when I decided in 2019 that, okay, yes, I was going to do multifamily, back then I thought, well, maybe if I could purchase a eight-unit building or a 15-unit building, have some cash flow, that would allow me to cut back to part-time. And that was the plan. That really was the plan. But it never actually happened. The first deal I participated in was in 400 doors. And so, you know, sometimes what you think you're going after turns out to be a little bit different and it's okay. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Dr. Mickey Lake today, the founder and managing partner of Titan Core Capital and an unbelievable individual who has totally transformed her life, who is now practicing medicine on her own terms as a cardiologist, as a real estate investor, as a real estate professional who is building tremendous relationships across the country and building a tremendous real estate empire herself. And you're gonna learn so much today about her upbringing. You're going to learn about how she made tremendous transformation in her life and how you can make transformation in your life as well. How you can leverage discomfort, discontent, and also uncertainty, how you can lean forward into uncertainty and grow and become stronger as a result. You're going to love this conversation today. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a professional real estate investor and entrepreneur. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? Good, because it is time. Let's raise the bar today. I want to invite you to pay the fee. The fee is to pay it forward. Share this episode with one person. That's all you have to do. Grab the link and share it now. I just want to thank you for doing that. If you are the result of someone else sharing you, welcome to Elevate Podcast. We're so thankful to have the opportunity to pour into your cup. And I'm so 
excited that you are investing in yourself today. If you've been here before, welcome back. Super excited to add massive value to you today. Guarantee you are going to receive tremendous, tremendous value from this conversation. There's a lot of deep truth and wisdom in not only for real estate investors, but for people who wanna live a greater life, who wanna elevate their performance, who want to elevate their lifestyle. So I wanna invite you to buckle up and also wanna invite you to give us a rating review, subscribe or follow Elevate Podcast on wherever it is that you listen or watch podcasts. All of that, first of all, is helpful for us. And so you're doing us a great service by giving us a rating and review following this podcast, but you're also going to be notified of future opportunities to invest in yourself. And by the way, this is 100% free. We're giving this to you for free out of the goodness of our heart and out of the abundance of our mindset. And so I'm super excited to dive in and introduce you to Mickey Lake, who is an integrative cardiologist who attended medical school at Emory University School of Medicine, residency at John Hopkins Hospital, and fellowship training at the University of Miami. Mickey has excelled in leadership roles, including a previous role as a medical doctor of non-invasive cardiology for a multi-system hospital and director of a women's heart program. Her rigorous medical training and track record reveals her grit, commitment to hard work, and pursuit of mastery. She enjoys traveling, cooking, spending time with her family, and real estate. By the way, she just got back from South Africa and she took her family there and, you know, she's she's such a, an individual who has no limits to the way that she thinks and the way that she lives her lifestyle. You're going to learn so much about, you know, her and you're going to learn so much from her. Her first job during college was working as for a realtor investor, and this opened her eyes to many possibilities. Her journey continued with the purchase of a single family rental back in 2015. And along the way, she has done flips and participated in syndications as a limited partner prior to becoming a general partner. She's the founder and one of the managing partners of Titan Core Capital, which is now in its third year of business and has participated in the acquisition of over $165 million in assets to date. And you can learn more about them at titancorecapital.com. Without further ado, please enjoy this outstanding, inspiring conversation with Dr. Mickey Lake. Dr. Mickey Lake, welcome to Elevate. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks for having me. So let's dive in. I want to introduce you to Elevate Nation, and, and I'd love to invite you to participate alongside this introduction by sharing a little bit about your background, your story, and you know what, what life was like growing up, and talk to us a little bit about what life you know sort of led you into becoming a cardiologist and you know stepping into some transformation that you've had over the past few years. So yeah, I, I grew up in Jamaica, and um, I'm my mom is a dental nurse. My dad is uh, a financial controller, and my mom is is one of ten to uh, an Indian mother, uh, and she lost her father at a very young age. So my grandmother raised ten children almost by her own, and. Um, my mom worked very hard and so did my dad to give me a great upbringing. And um, I had no doctors or investors in my family. Um, but my mom, uh, being a dental nurse, her her clinic was actually in the hospital. So, you know, I would go there right after school and wait on her and I would roam through the hospital and uh, my pediatrician actually rounded in the hospital too. So I would hang out with him a lot. And that's perhaps where I got inspired to become a doctor. And um 
half my family lived here in the United States. So I, I came back and forth for a very long time. And uh, I completed college here and went to med school here and uh, was audacious enough to think that I could do it here despite the odds. The odds of coming from uh, a family that had been disadvantaged and just realizing, thinking about it makes me appreciate so much uh, about my background. I didn't realize until adulthood that my grandmother couldn't read. And so in just two generations, I probably exceeded the expectations that my family had for me. And I probably um, defied the odds, not just because of my own doing, but because of the tools I was given. I had a lot of support from my parents, but but by sheer persistence. So um, I went to some of the nation's top institutions, studied very hard, uh, did my residency at Johns Hopkins and my fellowship training in cardiology at the University of Miami. And um, I love it. I, I still today love being a cardiologist. I think it's one of the best things I've done with my life. And as you know, along the way, I've branched off into real estate as well, which has added just so much color to my life. But the biggest accomplishments I think in my life today are, are my children, my family. And so I'm, I'm married to a wonderful husband, Olivier, and we have two beautiful children whom I dedicate all of my efforts to. And I think at this point in my adulthood, I focus a lot on making uh, their life easier, making them better, you know, human beings every day and, and creating titans out of my kids, you know, making sure that they uh, go all out in whatever it is that they're doing um, to the extent that, that they can. Creating Titans. Wow. What an amazing story and a very unique story. So I appreciate you giving us a little bit of a look into your past and your family tree. And, and that's, these are some of the things that I'm not even aware of from our first conversation. So this is like real, uh, you know, real joy for me to really dig into that. And, you know, thinking about being two generations or maybe one generation separated from, in some cases, illiteracy, which is pretty remarkable considering what you've been able to accomplish and that audacity to believe in yourself, the audacity to come to this country and say, you know what, I'm going to make it. And maybe there was a little bit of perhaps, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss type of feeling there, but a result was the result was you, you succeeded and you have succeeded in so many different capacities. And, you know, the other thing too, is when I think about like what I know about your story now, you talk about making your children or creating Titans. And that to me is really exciting. And I, I do want to dive into, you know, being a mom, being an entrepreneur, being an investor and all of those different things. But while I think about that, you, you shared with me a story that was unbelievably powerful. And I know it was, it was an experience for you that really changed everything. It changed your trajectory. So tell me about that moment that, you know, you had an experience with your daughter that really changed your perspective on everything. Yeah. Um, Tyler, I'll never forget that day I came home. I, I was rushing home. It was 7.30. Um, I'd always been rushing home at that time because 7.30, 7.30 was when I put the kids to bed. That's their bedtime. And I would pride myself on the days that I made it home for bedtime. Um, but, you know, working in medicine keeps you busy. Sometimes I'd be stuck in the hospital. But this day was just like any other day, nothing special. I was rushing, but I made it. I made it home at 7.30. I pat myself on the shoulder. I said, you did it, but I didn't. Um, you know, I, I told my daughter, I said, Chloe, go get your book. It's it's time to read. Let's go to bed. 
And she said, no, mom, it's okay. Nana will put me to bed. She calls my mother, Nana. Nana lives with us. And I said, well, how come you don't want me to put you to bed? And she said, it's okay, mom. You go finish your work. Yikes. That hurts. And yeah, that, that, that hurt. And, you know, in hindsight, I had known that I'd been working a little bit harder. This was in 2019. Um, uh, our second child was born in September 2018. So he was a couple of months old. And when I returned to work, um, a month after I returned after, uh, following maternity leave, one of my partners departed the practice, um, not on his own terms, unfortunately. Um, but that was difficult. That was a difficult time for the practice, difficult time for me personally. I was working a lot. I was taking more call. Um, and I I knew that something had to change. Even my own health started to suffer for it. I, I couldn't take the advice that I'd given to my own patients, right? I wasn't exercising. I was just eating what I can just to get some fuel to make it through the day. I was probably not being the mom I wanted to be. I was probably not being the wife I wanted to be. And in that moment, hearing her verbalize that to me, that's when I decided something had to change. Because at that point, the most precious possessions that I had in my life, my family, I wasn't serving them well. How old was she at the time? She was three years old. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the time I, I, looking back, she would mimic me. She would grab something and just pretend to be typing on a computer and, you know, kids, kids, they see, they, they understand, they know what's going on even at a very young age. So it's very important to model the behaviors we want them to see at a very early age. And um, even though that was sort of an aha moment, I, I really didn't figure it out immediately. I didn't know how I was going to fix that problem, but I was determined to find some way to change my life. And that included probably practicing in a different way, living more intentionally. And so at that point, I had not been a total stranger to real estate. And truthfully, I think the universe... Um, brings you lots of things and not by accident. So my first job while I was in college was actually working for a realtor investor, but I don't think I had paid that much attention because I was dead set on going to medical school, but somehow passively I had that idea in my mind. I knew that real estate could be uh, lucrative, successful. And around 2015, 16, we had purchased a single family home and rented it out. And so not total stranger, but around that time, I started to think of ways to maybe supplement our income so I could cut back in medicine and not have to work so hard. And I spent a lot of research doing that. And um, one of the most powerful things in that moment was identifying mentorship. And, and that probably was the uh, most important step forward that I had taken that year. And so for a while, while I was wandering, I did a couple of flips here and there, and that was great. It did provide a little bit extra income, but um, that's kind of risky long-term, right? And and that didn't really create a legacy for my kids, right? So I started to think of ways in which I could, A, um, create the life I needed to, to serve my family better, and B, maintain my sanity while still practicing medicine and perhaps um, practicing it a little bit more on my own terms. And C, you know, creating a legacy for our kids, something that they could look back on. And so in 2019, by the end of the year, I, I said, aha, 
it's time to to transition a little bit more in multifamily. And I and by that time, by that point, I had passively participated in in multifamily acquisitions. So I wanted to become more active. And um, this wonderful thing happened in 2020 that you know uh, none of us could have planned for. And so I entered. 2020 um with with a long list of plans and none of it happened <laughs> <laughs> i think we all know that experience yeah yeah you know so covid hit and and then you know the truth is you know they say you you either win or you learn right um so i wasn't winning in 2020 for sure but i was learning a lot and that was another inflection point because um I realized there was a good month or so where the hospital was relatively inactive. A lot of um, elective procedures were canceled. Patients were not able to see us in the office. Um, revenues fell sharply for hospitals. And and um, I took a pay cut just like many other physicians. And two things I, I learned from that moment. One, that pay cut was, was painful. And I think a lot of people were very angry. Um, and naturally, that's the first emotion one experiences. You know, how dare they do that? We're 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 the only people who are leaving our houses right now. We're still taking care of sick people, um, and and then even when the hospitals reopen, it's you know the floodgates open. We we worked very hard and uh, sacrificed even our own health to do so. But that discomfort is something I channeled uh, into. Um, driving myself even harder to figure this out. Um, I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back, you know, comfort sort of is the the enemy of, of determination. It robs the soul of its determination, right? So a little bit of discomfort sometimes is what gives us the push to move in a different direction. And so I'm very grateful for that moment. Looking back right now, not many folks can be grateful for a pay cut, but that that moment uh, also helped me to determine that I, I needed to make some change because nothing's constant in life. A pay cut can happen at any time, or, you know. Um, but the other thing I realized is that without being present, I could not earn a paycheck. And so if something happened to me, and that was a real big fear at that time, um, there, you know, as we re- we may not recall, but lots of folks died and some of them were physicians. And um, I thought to myself, if, if, if there was something that impeded my ability to work, whether it's COVID or disability or death itself, I was not going to be able to provide for my family beyond that point. And so real estate was, was one way that would allow me to generate some income and leave a legacy for, for my kids. Mickey, there's so much phenomenal mindset wisdom that you just shared with us. And I just wanted to highlight something because I wrote down actually, as you were, uh, as you were sharing the story and and multiple aspects of the story where you are experiencing tremendous discomfort and discontent. And there's a quote that I love, and I think it's by Thomas Edison. He says, all progress requires discontent. All progress requires discontent. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, who's going through something, you can be grateful for that because now you can listen to that. You can channel that energy, as you mentioned, channeling discomfort, needing to make a change. And, you know, the first experience with your daughter, I can only imagine how painful that was. Now, being a dad myself, if my children did something like that, it's like, okay, I can either ignore that and live this life of, 
you know, lack of alignment and I can do these things and I cannot listen to this deep truth or I can make a change. And the, you know, the other experience, of course, during COVID being a physician, getting a big pay cut, you know, having to be a part of this tremendously challenging time on the front lines, you know, so there was a few things, there was a few discontent, uh, you know, experiences, you know, in a, in a huge way that you channeled. And so talk to me about that. I mean, what, what did that look like in terms of channeling that discomfort at that time? Yeah. I, so at first I got really mad because I had an entire calendar. I planned the entire year out. I knew exactly what conferences I was going to go to. And I went to zero. I probably didn't tour five properties that year. And those of us in real estate know that this is a team sport. You can't, you're not going to be that successful just sitting on your couch. You got to get out there. You got to meet people. And this was the one time in our life when we really couldn't do that very well. So you know, one of the things that really helped me stay afloat um, and um, helped me persist was continuing to learn. So again, you either win or you learn. There's there's no loss here. And, and um, so I committed to reading a lot of books. I used that time to learn a lot more. And interestingly, during that year, I had read more non-medical books in just one quarter, the first quarter of the year than I had in the prior seven years. Wow. Um, sometimes being in medicine requires you to be um, very focused um, on just medicine for a while, especially during training. And so I learned a lot um, about real estate, but, you know, I've read a lot of self-help books too. Um, you know, a lot of mindset books. And so that I think was the greatest thing for me during 2020. And it allowed me to pull back a little bit so that I could um, sprint a little bit faster in the following year. So, you know, for, for runners, right. You, you, when you pull back, you got to slow down to really generate that power before you take that sprint. And, and so that pulling back, that slowing down and sharpening the ax during that year helped me to have a more successful 2021. But also during that year, I did a lot of um, coaching. And um, that was also very important to me. Um, it helped me at that time to lean in to being uncomfortable, to get used to being uncomfortable and recognize that good things are happening. You're callousing your mind, you're callousing your spirit, you're growing. Um, you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable. And to achieve great things, I really think there has to be sacrifice, right? Um, sounds harsh, but, you know, think about Olympians who practice really hard. And sometimes we hear of folks who've, whose parents sold their homes or moved to other cities. Whatever it is, you've, you've got to be able to sacrifice. And so it solidified my determination and my commitment to multifamily. I learned a lot. I think I became a much better human being. I paid a lot of attention to my own health and well-being that year. And then I also gained a lot of clarity, um, you know, around what I really wanted in life. And it helped me to craft a different path, even in medicine. Um, I moved away from that job that I had uh, over the next 24 months and moved to a location that brought me much closer to my family. So I was prioritizing my family and my family's well-being. So my kids grew up with their cousins and I took a pay cut doing so, but it was okay. My choice was in alignment with what I needed, what I really wanted. So a lot of good things came out of that year. 
And yeah, I took a job that gave me another pay cut, which was fine, but I was able to practice on my own terms. Um, you know, I didn't need to overbook patients. I was able to spend the time that I wanted to spend with them. I became the director of a women's heart program and, and served women in a different way than I previously had. So I think sometimes adversity is, is there for a reason. Frequently it is. And uh, leaning into it uh, really does build us and, and um, calluses the mind and, and creates better emotional intelligence. Elevate Nation, you know you can't manage what you don't measure. So when it comes to marketing and sales, how can you be sure your decisions are the right ones? I've got the answer for you, Sharp Wilkinson. Sharp Wilkinson is a unique agency that specializes in developing data-driven marketing and sales strategies for clients. I've been working with Sharp Wilkinson for a while now, and I can personally attest to the way that they immerse themselves in my organization and maintain a hyper-responsive orientation. Best of all, they use data to inform their strategies and drive real tangible growth. And every company needs continuing growth, right? If you think your organization could benefit from data-driven marketing and sales, growth starts at Sharp Wilkinson. Visit sharpwilkinson.com to take the first step on your journey. Tell them Tyler sent you. What a concept of knowing and having clarity about what you really want, you know, because so many of us in modern day society never once think about what do we really want? We just think about what does society expect of us or what does society deem as successful? You know, I think about, you know, in many aspects, most people would consider if you're a cardiologist, and you've you know gone through the programs that you've gone through and you've accomplished what you've accomplished that is successful but you experience certain things in your life that perhaps put you out of alignment with what you really wanted or the clarity that you needed to live the life that you wanted to live so i'm curious what else did you find out about the clarity about what you really wanted and what was that what did that process actually look like to get that clarity well, it was tough. Um, make no mistake. Um, you know, when I left that position, I, I had a lot of success and you, you could define success in many different ways, but as a young cardiologist at that time, um, I acquired lots of leadership skills. Um, I was the leader for my practice. I was the director of non-invasive cardiology for a four hospital, now five hospital system. So I had a lot of responsibility at the time. And so it was very um, difficult. It was a big mental fight. <laughs> my left brain was fighting with my right brain every single day. Like, do you really want to step away from this job? And so I, I found myself um, writing things down, you know, prioritizing things. What is it that we really want? And if we stick to what we really want, then that decision becomes so much easier. We wanted to be closer to family. We wanted to give our kids greater opportunities with more extracurricular activities. We wanted to create a life where we were more present for our children. And once I did that, once I put it on paper, once I thought a little bit more about it, um, that decision became a lot easier. It was very clear that I needed to take that step. It does take some time being comfortable with walking away from what you know and venturing out into the unknown. And that's okay. Um, but I, I do think, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I think the one thing I wished I had done a little bit more of is, is just spend time to enjoy the journey. You know, sometimes we're so focused on getting there that we, we forget to savor the, the moments and enjoy the journey. And so I'm doing a little bit better job of that right now 
that's definitely one lesson I learned during that time. I love that. You know, and when you think about that, when you get clarity on where you want to go, now you can have the clarity to reverse engineer that to say, well, what strategies do I need to utilize to get there? And it sounds like, you know, in many aspects, there was a big reinvention, not only of your location, of your primary income stream, but then, you know, some other strategies. And you talked about real estate and, you know, venturing into doing some flips and then realizing that perhaps you wanted to lean more into the multifamily real estate investment path. So talk to me about the reverse engineering that you went through after gaining the clarity on what you really wanted personally, professionally, and so forth. Yeah, that's interesting that you asked that because I think what I thought even two or years ago, that journey ended up being a little bit different, right? So when I when I decided in 2019 that, okay, yes, I was going to do multifamily, back then I thought, well, maybe if I could purchase a eight-unit building or a 15-unit building, have some cash flow, that would allow me to cut back to part-time. And that was the plan. That really was the plan. But it never actually happened. The first deal I participated in was in 400 doors. And so, you know, sometimes what you think you're going after turns out to be a little bit different and it's okay. That frequently is is the case, actually, that we end up pivoting midway through. But in the end, I knew that I wanted to have some ties to medicine, but I wanted to practice a little bit more on my own terms. I knew that I needed that time for my family. I knew that I also needed to create a little bit more time in my life to devote to real estate. And so part of that process was identifying a job that um, would allow me a certain amount of flexibility to do that. Um, and and part of that process was also like literally calculating how much money do we need to survive? You know, um, and that's a tough decision to have with your spouse because when my husband married me, he was like, great, she's a cardiologist. Life's simple. <laughs> We're not thinking <laughs> about survival here. Bit, yeah. He's like, you want to do what? You know, and I'm super grateful. I have a wonderful, very supportive husband um, who has allowed me to grow quite a bit. But but there's a lot of uncertainty that sometimes comes up in the middle that one has to embrace. But you, you want to make moves that are calculated. Um, so that you minimize your risk because at the end of the day, you still have to keep a roof over your, your family's head. Your, you know, if you've got kids, they still have to go to school, all of that. But uh, part of that planning involved um, finding the appropriate mentorship, um, going to conferences, uh, meeting a lot of people and reading. But the biggest thing um, is meeting people. When I go to a conference or read a book, I, I have a clear idea of what I expect to gain from that. But the thing that surprised me the most that I've probably enjoyed the most too about real estate is meeting people of just varied backgrounds, hearing their stories, um, sharing, uh, you know, uh, some of those stories and uh, just growing and learning from other people that that really feels feeds my soul. I totally agree. I mean, I think the centerpiece to success in real estate is relationships and it's long-term transformational relationships. It's not transactional. It's not, yes. I'm here to meet you so that you can do something for me. It's how can I add value to you? How can I invest in you? How can I learn with you? 
How can we share experiences together? And I think that is a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people, you know, when they start to recognize that it is this abundance mentality, it's this abundance mindset community, it's very exciting because there's so much shared success that we can all create together as we get to know each other, as we invest in each other. You know, but one thing that you said, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to is embracing uncertainty because, you know, there is there's a there's another thought that you know your your level of success is a direct correlation to the level of uncertainty that you can embrace enthusiastically and if you think about yeah. that it is so true and and you know in today's time in 2023 there's a huge amount of uncertainty in real estate and so talk to me about how you're furthering that thought process even with the concept of look we got to keep a roof over the head we got to keep the kids in school we got to put food on the table all of those things uh, you know, how are you continuing to embrace that thought process? Yeah, I think uh, having a very flexible rather than a fixed mindset is key. Um, we've got to realize that winter is coming. It always does. And winter is here right now, so it shouldn't be a surprise for many of us. Um, and in fact, we probably should not have been shocked by COVID either. You know, if you look historically, uh, there are periods in time when, you know, there's economic change, things get rougher, whatever it is. And so we've got to prepare for that. So I think anyone listening should probably prepare for something to change in the future. Change is constant. Nothing stays the same. So we've got to prepare for winter. And when winter comes we got to remind ourselves to lean into it, you know, to paraphrase Tony Robbins. Um, when winter comes, some of us are going to shrivel up and die, but some of us are going to snowboard and ski. <laughs> right. And so we've got to decide and know ahead of time that winter is coming and decide that we're the folks who are going to want to snowboard and ski and have a great time. So there's always, there's always a way. And, and, you know, as it applies to real estate and markets and all of that, Look, they're folks uh, who are very successful during any market cycle. You just got to be willing to be flexible and pivot. You know, sometimes we start out thinking we're going to do X and in the end, we never do X. We end up doing Y and that's perfectly okay. But being flexible, yeah, being flexible and 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 not having a fixed mindset is what helps us in in those periods and leaning into it. Yeah, I think anticipation is one of the critical components of being a successful investor. It's anticipating that there are uncertain or unforeseen circumstances that will occur. And yeah. it's all about how do you adapt? How do you pivot? How do you receive that feedback to make, you know, or or reinvent yourself or reinvent your strategy or reinvent your team or reinvent your process. You know, change is the only constant that we continue to interact with. And so, you know, as I think about, you know, snowboarding or skiing in the time of winter, right? There's a there's a reason for every season. And what we're talking about yeah. is really the economic season that we're in or the market, you know, cycle or the dynamics that we're experiencing. So what does skiing or snowboarding actually look like from your vantage point as an investor during this part of the season? Yeah, I, I think um, during this part of the season, it's, it's tough. Um, but one of the things we've done is looked outside of our primary markets. So um, there are deals everywhere, but sometimes if you're just focused on one space, you're going to miss them. So we've, we've started to develop new relationships outside of our primary markets and starting to have 
a more open mind about looking at other areas. Um, so in the past three years, we've invested more in the, the Sun Belt, which is still a great place to invest. But there are some smaller cities uh, that have uh, quite a bit of a growth trajectory and they're folks there who are very successful. So that's that's definitely, I think that's the major thing that we've done to pivot. Um, we're also looking at looking outside of what we defined to be our ideal property. So, you know, sometimes we we get stuck in a certain number, a certain number of doors, blah, 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 all of that. But, you know, look, right now, if it cash flows, it cash flows. That's right. That's if you okay. can make something pencil today, you know, that's yeah. a that's a big clue to recognize, you know, because we've had a tremendous, you know, change in in capital markets across the board. So if you can make something pencil today, you know, you could be in a great position long term. And I think that's at the end of the day, we're talking about long term, have a long term focus. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'd love to know, Mickey, as well, as a busy mom and as someone yeah. who's made a big change. And, and by the way, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, you left your W-2. And, yeah. um, you know, you've made a big change, but you're also, you know, you mentioned to me, I mean, your, your calendar is packed and, you know, you're, you've got a lot of demands on your time. So talk to me about how you balance being a busy mom, as well as being a successful real estate entrepreneur. Yes. Very good question. Uh, and I get that question a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I did step away from W2 employment recently, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to practice anymore. I, I will still practice, but a little bit more on my own terms, it's going to be more part-time and, and real estate has helped me do that. So that's, that's one benefit that, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm getting closer to, to my goal, but I think the things that help me to manage my time well, and to do all of that, um, in broad strokes, just being very intentional, being intentional about how I live. I'm very intentional about what I eat. Uh, I eat a diet that more closely resembles a plant-based diet. I try to skip the sugar and the processed and stick to a lot of vegetables because I know that when I eat a certain type of meal, the afternoon is going to be rough and I'm not going to be productive and I don't have time for that in my day. I also exercise. Um, I exercise seven days a week. I may not go hard every single day. Some days it's just 20 minutes of yoga or, or walk, but I'm intentional about doing that because that keeps your mind fresh and focused. And it's a great way to relieve stress. Um, so I'm very intentional. Um, and the other thing that I really, really love is um, my productivity planner, which is sitting right in front of me right now. I take it everywhere with me. So I'm intentional about what I'm going to accomplish because my day is so jam-packed. It's, it's really easy to get through the day and not accomplish half of what you hoped to. So Usually at the beginning of the week, I take out my productivity planner and on a Sunday night, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll write down every single thing that I want to accomplish that week. I frame it in broad, broad strokes. What's the major thing that I really want to get done this week? What, what would I be happy about accomplishing at the end of the week? And I write down everything and I prioritize that. And then on Sunday night, I will write down for Monday what I want to accomplish in order of priority. And I do that every night for the next day. And by the end of the week, the hope is that I get through everything. I don't always get through everything, but also planning on Sunday helps me look back in the week and say, oh, was this a good week or a bad week? What, what else do I need to accomplish there? Um, but doing things in this manner helps us to recognize what's most important. I think it's human tendency to do what's easiest first 
because it helps us check the box off our list. It's psychological. Um, but tackling the hardest task first at the beginning of the day sets us up for a better success. So I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. And that's when the day is quietest for me. The kids are still sleeping. My husband hasn't turned on the news yet. All of that. My mind is fresh. And uh, at that time of the morning, I get a lot done um, because I don't have to deal with the, the, the distractions of the world. And I get my hardest task out of the way first. And everything else in the day, you know, if it's 5 p.m. and I've still got things left on the list, I've left the things that I can take care of when the kids are running around screaming or interrupting me 10 times or the things that I can do when my husband still has the news on. God bless him. I love him, but he always has the news on. <laughs> I don't like watching the news. But structuring my day intentionally helps me to get really a lot done because if I don't do that, and on the days when I have not done that, I do realize that the day runs away even faster. The day is done and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't accomplished half of this. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I was going to you know, hold up my productivity planner, but it's actually not right next to me, which is typically uh, right next to me. It's actually in my office, which is the room uh, right next to where I am. So it's interesting to hear that. But the intentionality of that, you know, there is a process and a, and a habit that you build to get clear on what's most important and to get clear on, you know, what direction do you need to take? Because, you know, that's one of the challenges as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as a parent, is you have this abundance of choice. And, you know, if you are not intentional, well, then things will fill your time. So it is about getting on offense. But, you know, I'm glad that you shared a lot of that about really the health optimization and the lifestyle that you live there. Um, because I asked you, how do you balance being a busy mom and, you know, being an investor, being an entrepreneur, still being a cardiologist. And it's interesting that it came down to things that you're doing to invest in yourself. So I'd love to, if you could just, you know, briefly summarize, why is it, it, why is it so important to you that you engage in that type of lifestyle? And do you have any tips, maybe one or two, you know, of your top tips for folks who are wanting to take that next level in their own health, their own fitness, their own just, you know, just energy, their feelings of vibration? Yeah. Um, again, just to, to summarize that, um, exercise and diet are crucial. Um, without a proper diet, without a good exercise routine, many of us feel tired. We drag. What I can accomplish in four hours in the morning would normally take me six, eight hours to accomplish if I were not eating uh, a healthy diet and exercising. Um, and that's because you, you just have better mental clarity and more energy. I walk around with a ton of energy and I, I just get it done. It, it, you know, you feel like you can conquer anything when you've gotten off the treadmill, you, you break a good sweat. You're like, yes, I got this. And so that's definitely, um, a top in my routine diet and exercise. I do it every day. Um, some very specific things that you know, I would share with our listeners that I, I also recommend for my patients. And we also recommend for our investors because we're big on mindset training for investors too. Um, simple things that get overlooked, um, sleep. Um, it's very important to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And I say that knowing that this past week has been so rough for me that I'm, I'm really, you know, barely getting six hours sleep per night, but that's not, uh, my routine. But it's super important to get six to, to nine hours of sleep. We, we have to rejuvenate. If we don't rejuvenate, eventually we burn out. 
And the other thing that, um, from a health perspective too, that we know is if you're not sleeping well, if you don't sleep, that actually stimulates your appetite. The next day you eat a lot. What happens when you eat a lot? You feel like crap. You don't get stuff done. So it's really very important to rejuvenate. You have better clarity of thoughts. You get rid of the, the fogginess and hydration. I drink a lot of water throughout the day because there are days that are tougher than other days. And it's just, just the way it is. Maybe I didn't get a full, you know, seven or eight hours of sleep last night, but staying hydrated uh, really helps me at least get through the day. So those are, are, are simple tools that I think we, you know, we could pay attention to that helps to feed our mind and helps to keep us sharp. Beautiful tips. Thank you so much for that, Mickey. This is, uh, I really, really am having a blast in this conversation. So I just <laughs> want to thank you so much. And I do want to transition us to the rapid fire section of the podcast. It's called the rare sure. air questionnaire. And in many respects, what you've embraced here and the life that you're living is uncommon. And, you know, if you want to be in that rare air, if you want to continue to press forward and live this life that many others couldn't even dream of, you know, you've got to continue to embrace that discomfort. You've got to continue to question your conventional wisdom. And I, I love what you've done. So, you know, and you've really exhibited for us today. So I'd love to ask you a few questions uh, before I let you go. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, I'd love to know what those are and why. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, the amount of reading that you did early in 2020 uh, and moving forward, but are there any, you know, books that really stand out to you? Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite books of all time is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I love I've that book. I read that. It's now been several years. I actually met that, read that during medical school. But, you know, for anyone who's read this, you probably remember that in, in this book, Malcolm eloquently, you know, brings attention to the things that make people successful. And in doing so, he dispels many of our myths. So it's easy for us to think that, successful people around us must have had a rich dad or rich mom or, you know, they're born genius or something like that. Whereas the opposite is actually true. It's people who are persistent, you know, yes, there may be some things about our upbringing that may have influenced our success, but a lot of it is sheer determination. Um, and so, you know, when you look at people like Bill Gates or Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone or Nelson Mandela, these aren't necessarily people who came from the lap of luxury, but they lead very or have led very, very successful lives. So it's a good reminder that you don't need much to get started. Just sheer determination and persistence will, will help propel you forward. So that's really one of my favorite books. Um, but there's this other one that I read recently this year, actually. It's called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I really, really love that book. Um, he leans, Jay leans into creating peace in our lives. And um, he also talks about living an intentional life. But, you know, we tend to focus more on, on faster pace, getting done. And, and I think in this book, Jay reminds us to slow down, the power of slowing down. Um, meditating, which is something I have never really been good at because sometimes I close my eyes and I fall asleep or I close my <laughs> eyes and I'm thinking about the 10 million things on my list. But these are things that are really important um, for us to do in our daily lives. We have to rejuvenate. We have to slow down. We have to practice gratitude. There's so much science behind that. And he also talks about just being an all around better human every day. And one of my favorite parts of that book is when he talks about 
he, he and I'm paraphrasing here, but he talks about planting trees under whose shade you do not plan to sit. It's a very powerful statement that just simply reminds us to live a life of service, to mm. give more. And I feel like when we, when our intention is built on service, is creating good in this world for other people, the universe gives us what we need. Mm. My goodness, what a powerful share. And I was excited to ask you that question because I know how committed you are to constant and never ending improvement, but you really exhibited it, uh, you know, in sharing, you know, a couple of these books that have really made a difference in the way that you think and, you know, helping you gain context in terms of how you're not only continuing to invest in yourself, but make a difference for other people. So thank you for that. That was beautiful. And I'd love to ask you as well. I mean, you've already shared, you know, many different concepts and many different behaviors and commitments that you engage in on a consistent basis to elevate yourself. But aside from what we've already talked about today, I'd love to push you even further. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? If you had to go further from, you know, nutrition and exercise and sleep and hydration, is there anything else that you would say? Human connection. I think that is super powerful. We don't realize how much that feeds our soul. That's, you know, innately something we all desire as humans is, is connectivity and learning from others. And so that helps elevate me every single day. Again, I, I, I don't think the universe makes mistakes here. I think people come into our lives for a reason. And I, I've met wonderful people who've just shifted my perspective or taught me new things. And so on a daily basis, I feel like human connection is is one thing that has helped me grow and has helped me become a better person each day. And in a similar wavelength, going back to what you mentioned about living a life of service, I would love to ask you, what is the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Just being available. You know, um, I'm, I'm reading a book now. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's... Um, I think it's 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 talking about being um, very hospitable in, in a way that's totally unexpected. Um, and I think when we practice doing that, just going above and beyond. And the author is a restaurateur, by the way. Um, but but that creates long lasting, fruitful relationships. Is when you are ultra hospitable and you just practice going above and beyond, not because you have to, but because it's a good thing and it, you know, uh, helps someone else in their journey. I love that so much, Mickey. This has been absolutely outstanding. And so I just want to thank you. I want to acknowledge you for embracing that uncertainty in your life. I want to acknowledge you for embracing the discomfort, the discontent that has come along with certain experiences that you've had, mm -hmm. and also responding and not only anticipating future change, but really showing and leading with example and leading with service. You know, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so excited about our long term friendship and relationship together. So I just want to thank you for sharing your story on Elevate Nation. Do you have any uh, really parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Um, well, first, I'd, I'd like to thank you for for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation today, and uh, this was lovely. And um, in terms of, of parting thoughts, I, I would say um, many of us recognize the power of mentorship. Uh, sometimes we're hesitant to pay for it. I think it's super important to have someone 
that um, helps us gain clarity. There's a lot of noise around us. So, you know, maybe that's in the form of mentorship. Maybe that's in the form of meditation or finding peace, but be intentional about finding clarity. Once there is clarity, then you can move forward. Beautifully said. Dr. Mickey Lake, I just want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Tell the listeners where they can find you and learn more about what you do. Sure. Uh, look us up on the web. It's www.titancore.com. That's uh, titancorecapital.com. That's T-I-T-A-N-C-O-R uh, capital.com. There's no P at the end of C-O-R. Uh, send us an email if you want to at info at titancorecapital.com. I will put links in the show notes as to where the listeners can find you. Mickey, thank you again for being on the podcast. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Elevate Nation, what a phenomenal conversation with Dr. Mickey Lake. I learned so much. I'm so inspired by what she is doing with her life and how she's transforming. And I think that as you look back and you recognize that she went through some really tough times. I mean, that, that experience with her daughter, I can only imagine how that made her feel. And what it did was it propelled her to make a shift. What it propelled, it propelled her towards asking bigger questions to say, well, you know, if that's what my daughter thinks about me, you know, what else, what, what, what could be the opposite of that? Instead of just saying, you know what, I accept these circumstances or I accept the fact that I do not practice medicine on my own terms. Instead of just saying, okay, that is how life must be. I demand more of myself and I demand that my life makes a shift so that I can live in more in alignment with the clarity of doing and living the life that I really, really want. And so I just want to ask you, what is the life that you really want? What is it that is most important to you? Do you have that today? If you don't, let's consider making a change. Let's consider getting super clear on the ideal lifestyle of your future. Reverse engineering that. Does real estate play a part in that? For the most part, in many circumstances, it does. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast, for the most part, it probably does for you. So in what way does real estate play that part? What type of strategy, what type of tactic, what types of tools, tips, team do you need to integrate within your own approach? And what changes do you need to make? What pivots do you need to integrate within your approach as well? Because you know what, we're, we're in that winter, right? We're in the economic winter or the market winter of real estate investing or really investing in general and uh, the economics that are so interrelated across many different asset classes are all going through a major change. So what type of pivots do you need to integrate? So, you know, there's just so much that we can learn from, from this discussion and from the story that Dr. Mickey Lake has shared with us today. So I just want to encourage you to re-listen to this podcast because repetition is the mother of all skill. If you listen twice, you're going to learn twice as much. I do want to also invite you to identify your top one, two, or three takeaways. And, you know, there is something to be said about the neuroscience of recalling what you learned, you know, because sometimes when you're passive listening and it's like, all right, I'm going to go to the next podcast and, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Sometimes we do not integrate that learning or those shifts or those breakthroughs or those ahas into making a shift ourselves. Instead, it just seeps into the, the deep, dark corners of our mind and it doesn't really change anything about how we're moving forward. So I want to encourage you to identify those top one, two or three takeaways that you had from this episode today 
and make a commitment to taking massive action on implementing those changes within your own behavior, within your own actions, and within your own strategy. Ultimately, that's where it comes down to. At the end of the day, knowledge is not power. The most important power that you received today was the opportunity to take action on that knowledge. So I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, Elevate Nation. Until next time, I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.